Hey everyone, this is Zach Roberts with Easy One Comics and More podcast. Welcome back to another episode. Today on the show, we're going to be talking about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier series on Disney Plus presented by Marvel Studios. Guys, I have my good friend Taylor Davis on the show once again. We're going to be breaking down this series and talking about our favorite moments, episode for episode, all six. Taylor, how's it been, man? <laughs> oh, man, it's been pretty good. Uh, I mean, honestly, I've just been buying cards, working, you know, making YouTube videos and whatnot. <laughs> that, that, I that's mean, that's good. basically it. And, you know, trying to keep up with anything film that I can. I got you, man. So what kind of things have you been trying to film or... What kind of YouTube videos are you making that we can kind of keep up and follow up with you? Well, I mean, I do want to start making a documentary because I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm shooting a film soon, like an actual film. We're going to try to get it into like the short film category of the Oscars because there is a short film category for it. It's really reaching, but that's our goal. So I want to start doing a documentary about that, a documentary about the creativity and stuff like that about west virginia and like eastern kentucky and like how people try to make a living off of different things you know like podcasts music videos you know try to make a documentary out of that and i also open pokemon cards <laughs> that's my main thing that i'm doing right now that's pretty cool man i mean i can see that you gotta think about some of the uh great creative minds in appalachia you know for example you know uh robert kirkman i mean that that guy blew up i mean yeah. he, he created the walking dead uh invincible now it's a you know amazon exclusive series Crazy. all that great stuff so i mean hey don't you know don't stop trying and with those pokemon cards i know they're very collectible and stuff and you've been trying to do that i definitely like to see some more of your videos and stuff if you if you put them on out there yeah yeah for sure i mean the the whole thing with documentaries just there's a lot of creativity it gets overlooked over here in the mountains and uh my plan is just to try to push more exposure to people that I feel like, you know, deserve it. That's cool, man. Well, we're talking about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier series. I watched all six episodes. It took me a yeah. while. It was a little bit different. Uh, of course, different from the WandaVision series. I really enjoyed WandaVision because I could just, you know, take my time, nitpick, focus on certain little things. I yeah. was like the behind the scenes of it. This show, yeah, well, it has a little bit of that. But it's more straightforward, and to people that watch it, it's kind of like it kind of grabs your attention. It's more, uh, it's got more action packed into it, which is a good thing. Well, you see that that's the thing. It feels like a Captain America movie, you know, because if you look back, you know, other than the Avenger movies, the movies that had the most action in it, or in, in some of the best fight scenes, was Captain America. So it's fitting to see this show, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, or what it's known as by the end. You know, Captain America Captain and a Winter Soldier. It yeah, it makes sense on why it is how it is. Absolutely. So I like to break down this series here, episode by episode, and talk a little bit about it. Just a little brief summary of each episode, and talk about maybe our favorite points or highlights uh, that we take away from each episode, and and see what we get. The first episode was called "The New World Order," and like I said the title is "The Falcon and the Winter Soldier." And for a brief summary, the Falcon. You know, he has to help the Air Force with a special operation. And you see this great aerial combat scene where he's, he's trying to help them. And you get introduced to this Air Force lieutenant called uh, Joaquin Torres. And then you also get introduced with Bucky, uh, the Winter Soldier, who is kind of living a totally different lifestyle. 
and you, what you see him with what that uh, what the, his Asian friend that is basically oh yeah out yeah the bar and you know taking out the trash and things like that. But you see this side of Bucky where he has this pocket, this list of names, and you know you don't know what's going on there. But he's also going to therapy. I don't know. It's like he's battling with PTSD, things like that. It's very two different lifestyles kind of going on at the same time with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But ultimately, in that first episode, you see that the Falcon does not want the shield. He does not right. want the shield. He does not want the role of being Captain America. And he thinks that the best thing to do is to honorably hand over the shield back to the U.S. government and let it be displayed as an artifact, you know, in the museums. Yeah, no. Um, the thing I the thing I love about episode one is that you you get to see more like who they are because I remember whenever Endgame ended, you know, they're like, why are they giving the shield to this guy? You know, because we they didn't really touch up on them, and literally throughout the first episode, you can be like, okay. That makes sense. Like, I, I want this guy to, you know, have the shield. Uh, my favorite part, though, is Bucky. I love watching what he's going through. You know, like, there's small details as well. Like, if, like, you see him uh, sleeping on the floor, some people say it's a sign of, you know, PTSD. And you see him struggling with money that shows that, like, they're not getting money for what they did. You know what I mean? It's It's really interesting seeing things like that. Yeah. And you see the struggle, like I said, with, with Bucky – he's having more of this PTSD about everything that he did as the winter soldier under the control of Hydra and, you know, that brainwashing espionage agent for Hydra. And then you're seeing with Sam, he did all these great things and whatnot, but it doesn't make a hill of beans now because he also has this, you know, this theme of struggle with his family and sister who has a boat that's part of the family business in Louisiana and basically it's a fishing boat and it's, it's a crap boat. It's going, it's sinking. Basically the business is sinking and it doesn't matter if he's the Falcon and he saved the world a hundred times over. He can't help the people around him. And that's the hardest thing for Sam. And the hardest thing for Bucky is he can't live a normal life. Yeah. We also get introduced to some of the, well, I guess the, the main villain or the main group of villains in episode one, they're titled the Flag Smashers. They are an anti-nationalist group. The leader is called Carly Morgenthau. And her whole goal is to liberate the earth from oppression of natural or national rule. Uh, and this is because of this group called the GRC, uh, the Global Repatriation Council. And this is all happening right after the movie Endgame, all happening about the blip. And basically, she thinks that the world was better before the blip or during the blip. And now we, we've come back and all these people are here and they're trying to tell everybody what to do. And she's not having it. So the Flag Smashers, this little radical group, uh, you, you see see them be introduced. So you kind of don't know where they're going. I, when I first watched this, I'm like, okay, I don't know who this is. I, I really was thinking, first off, we're going to get Baron Zemo. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we, you know, it just it makes sense on like how he would be, you know, the main the main guy, you know. And then you had this you had that scene where they're, they're showing off that shield and it's being placed inside the the museum. And you kind of look at uh, Sam's face. He's like he's unsettled about it. And of course, I think Bucky gets wind of 
of the shield going into the museum as well, and he's not happy about it either. Right. You get at the end of that episode, you got a new person announced as Captain America. It's kind of sudden, really. <laughs> and you're like, what the heck? Really? Yeah, no, whenever I seen that, I was like, who on earth? Because like I did I didn't know much about um the lore of Captain America or any of like the characters involved with him. I was like, who on earth is this guy? Like <laughs> what where did he come from? Is he gonna be the main bad guy? Because I seen the trailers and I was like, that I, I can see that. I like I can see him being the main bad guy just because of how they introduced him. But I knew that there was gonna be conflict with him, you know falcon and bucky which is what i was really excited to see let's just face it you know there was i thought there was conflict at the end of the end game movie i thought people were really ready to fight in the daggone stands (laughs) in the daggone theater because they're like no we don't we don't want the shield going there no i mean like you got people that are picking sides you know bucky versus sam you know falcon versus winter soldier and you know then you put a wedge in between the two of them and it's this guy and it's in the new Captain America is introduced. It's John <laughs> Walker. And you see that in going into episode two here with the star spangled man. And there's a full appearance of John Walker as the new Captain America. And of course, in the comic books, there's been different versions of Captain America. And, you know, we, we think we tend to think of Bucky, uh, you know, now in the comic books, we, we've seen, we've seen Sam. And then you had, uh, John Walker, U.S. agent and stuff like that. So, but right here, he's introduced as the new Captain America for, you know, for the government. Right. So that leads us to the episode two, Star Spangled Man. So you have his full appearance. He's got a totally different costume. He's the one packing the shield. Uh, There's more tension going on between Sam and Bucky. They actually kind of team up together because they have to stop the flag smashers. You know, they're trying to figure that out. Uh, so Bucky's upset about the shield and, you know, and then Sam's like, what the heck was I supposed to do? I mean, <laughs> well, I did what I thought was best. And he definitely, I don't think he thought that it was going to go this way. So I, I, that was pretty neat. Uh, but I, my first, what was your first impression of, of John Walker? Well, okay. Here was my thing. I didn't hate John Walker at first. I thought, you know, like I said, I thought that he may have been the villain, but whenever I watched, you know, throughout episode one, I was like, oh, I, I, I could see him being a good guy. You know, he my process was they're going to be mad at him because he can't live up to the potential of Steve. You know what I mean? Like, they're just going to hate the fact that somebody else other than Steve, which that also was a factor, which, you know, later on throughout the series, you know, you notice why <laughs> he's yeah. just a bad pick for Cap. But I mean, at first I was like, I, I, I kind of like this guy. You know, he's, okay. he's not too bad. You gave him the benefit of the doubt. Sure. Yeah, we'll we'll let him be cap. I mean, sure. <laughs> why not? Okay. I mean, I wanted um maybe there was a little small ounce of that in there for me, but the more I saw this interaction with him and Battlestar, which is a, a new character they they added in there, and he's also from the comic books. I thought, you know, that was cool. I was more excited about Battlestar than I was John Walker. Yeah. Yeah, I, I actually I really it. liked Battlestar. I saw their interaction with Bucky and, and Sam, and like I said, they're they're on totally opposite ends together, going through a lot of different things, and they don't want to work with each other. But you had this theme of, like, you know, good cops versus bad cops, or, or you're like, 
one group of cops versus another group of cops trying to outwork each other <laughs> to, to get the lead or to take down the bad guy. It's that, you know, I guess that trope that you see in other movies, films, uh, I think they even refer to like rush hour, lethal weapon, yeah. hard. I mean, you, you see that, you know, comic there. And I, I really started to hate John Walker. I was like, this guy is a goody, goody two shoe. Uh, you know, they first started talking about, of course, all the things he did in the military. Basically, he is picked or he is chosen to be Captain America because of his success in the military. It's not really about his character. And if you go back to Captain America, the first Avenger, that dude was a scrawny little fart, okay? <laughs> he wasn't going to do anything or accomplish anything in the military. But, you know, there's that one test where they throw a grenade that was a total dud, and the man jumps on it. And that guy had and he had total character, you know, to, to lay down his life. And that's why he was chosen. But with John Walker, it's just like he's the – you know, he's the quarterback. He's like, I did all this. I deserve this. I'm, yeah. I, you know, <laughs> I, I don't like him. I, I just had that impression at first. And, of course, I, I had more of that impression once I watched the full second episode. I mean, whenever he was in there talking about what, – what really kind of started rubbing me wrong was whenever he talked about Steve, talking about, like, well, I've never met him, but, he, you know, he's like – a brother to me and stuff. And I was like, don't say that, you know, yeah. like <laughs> I, I found myself screaming at the TV a few times. <laughs> and it sounds like you did too. Like, no, you can't say that. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's just disrespect in a way, you know, hey, don't you disrespect cap. We've been, a, we've been through <laughs> a lot together. You know, who's this guy? And, you know, that's a, that's something I love about this show is that, you know, you, you take Steve in the MCU. He's, you know, he's the top three, you know, you have Thor, Iron Man and Cap, the top three that like people are like the untouchables. And then they're like, <laughs> well, let, let's let's put it in a scenario where we have two people or maybe even three that could potentially have this power. How do you feel about that? Like, let's 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 play with that a little bit. That, that's what I liked about the show. Yeah, actually, that's what kept me watching the show, because I wanted to figure out who for a fact was going to keep the shield who was going to you know be the the original the new captain america basically and yeah of course there's i could have dug around a little bit you know and you know go back to the comic books but hey when it comes to these movies or a series or anything marvel will put a twist on it and they don't care and you know well i mean most of the time it's pretty good anyway i mean for example captain marvel scrolls being good guys okay <laughs> didn't expect yeah. that I like that introduction, and I think they're gonna they're gonna go to the secret invasion route on that stuff. But no, they I, are. I, I think that's cool. But with with this episode here, you got the flag smashers mentioned. You got a mentioning of White Wolf, and I think they I think they mentioned White Wolf. Maybe not yet. But one thing that Bucky kind of name name drops for Sam is the mentioning of Isaiah Bradley, and you kind of get a little bit more of a backstory on him. And Isaiah Bradley was actually a uh, a black super soldier. He was a Captain America, if you will. And he fought during the Korean War. And so Sam, you know, was tipped by Bucky to go check him out, to go visit with him and just kind of dig for information. Because the whole point about this Flag Smasher, you know, their goal is, is, is to stop the GRC, uh, to stop all this 
governments basically all over the world. But there's another thing. These people are actually super soldiers, and they're trying to trace back the super soldier serum. And basically, Bucky said, hey, there's this one guy other than Cap that was a super soldier. And, you know, you got to see that visit there, and it's pretty good. And there's there's more to that, of course. Uh, but the funny thing, Bucky gets arrested because he missed <laughs> therapy. And they're like, okay, by episode two here, I'm thinking this is not going to be a good show. I mean, I like episode one, <laughs> the action and stuff like that. This one just kind of got lame. You know, John Walker, I think he's a lame character right off the bat because he's not Captain America, you know, like yeah. we said. Uh, <laughs> Bucky is arrested because he missed his therapy because he's severely battling PTSD from being the Winter Soldier. And then you get Sam thrown into couples therapy where they have that couples therapy session because, you know, yeah, he's got problems too. And that lady does a couples therapy. And I'm like, what the heck? What is this? <laughs> well, am I watching a Marvel, you know, anything right now? <laughs> hey, you, you know, I will say this about the couple therapy session. Whenever Sam's like, or no, whenever Bucky's like, if he's wrong about you, then that means that he's wrong about me. That line, oh, that had to be one of the hardest hitting lines throughout that entire series. Yeah, I'm actually glad you mentioned that one because that was probably the best line of that entire episode there. <laughs> probably <laughs> one of the best lines in the series. Oh, you know, man. It... We we know that, you know, Bucky was best friends with Cap. And I, and like I said, he wouldn't want He said, why did you give the shield up? Why? Why'd you do it? Those are yeah. hard questions that Sam doesn't want to answer. And that was part of it. So, like I said, that was a way to get into the heads and, and bring that about. But I'm like, man, are you serious? I think like, I thought we were going to be watching something action-packed and like, <laughs> whatever. But you do get the name drop, you know, throughout their conflict, you know, with John Walker and Battlestar and the couples therapy and, and this little mod podge of, a, of an episode. And you said, okay, you know what? We're going we're gonna to outdo these guys. We're going to outdo the new Captain America and Battlestar. We know exactly where we need to go. And they say, we got to go talk to Baron Zemo. So that's when I had a little bit more hope. Okay. They had the Baron Zemo name drop and you get to the next episode. And the next episode's called The Power Broker. I had no clue what we were getting into on episode three. I had to watch it twice. <laughs> I had my son, he was, Parker was actually uh, screaming and whatnot. Fussy the first time I tried to watch it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to turn this off. And I, I go back and I'll rewatch it. I'm like, okay, this is not bad. I, I kind of got to pay more attention to it and stuff. But you go with this one that's called the Power Broker, and basically they have to bust Baron Zemo out of prison. And Sam was totally clueless. He didn't know what the heck was happening. I, I think he knew that uh, Bucky was going to talk to Baron Zemo, but he did not know that they were going to bust him out. Right. Yeah, no. He, <laughs> he was like, what is he doing here? <laughs> Why is he free right now? And it was cool. I mean, the entrance of Bucky going to see Baron Zemo and he just automatically starts talking in that code to try to bring forth the Winter Soldier under Hydra's control. And I'm like, this is neat. You know, I, I think <laughs> I didn't. Did you see Was he first introduced in the Black Panther movie? Baron Zemo. Uh, Baron Zemo. I think he was introduced in Civil War. Oh, really? Because I, he I was remember. the. Well, he was the one that blew up the the building that killed, you know, okay, T'Challa's dad. Okay, that's what it was. He killed T'Challa's dad. I thought he was in the Black Panther movie, but okay, that, that makes sense. I knew he killed 
T'Challa, T'Challa's dad, uh, T'Chaka, right? The king of uh, Yeah, Wakanda. T'Chaka. King T'Chaka. So, yeah. So he killed him there. And so, of course, he's got a vendetta and a target on his head from, uh, from the people of Wakanda. Uh, but Baron Zemo gets busted out from Winter Soldier. And Sam's like, what the heck? What? what? No, we ain't doing this. <laughs> <laughs> and it was fun. I, I actually liked the Baron Zemo character. I think I think the guy that got to play him, he's I love his accent. I like I just like his whole demeanor. I mean, and he plays this, you know, kind of sarcastic, witty character. And it, it right. works. I mean, it works. It's really cool. Yeah, no, I I I love his character in this. Uh I think that because you know, Zemo Whenever Civil War happened, everybody's like, you know, if you really think about it, he's did more damage than almost anybody in the MCU. You know, like he single handedly broke up the Avengers with a simple tape. You know what I mean? And everybody's (laughs) like, even though he did that by himself easily, we want more of him. And we finally got it. You know, one thing I thought that was cool in this episode was that they introduced the city of Madripoor. They have to go talk to this power broker. And, of course, this is, like, behind, you know, they're doing all this field work. They're trying to get to the source of who is creating or recreating the super soldier serum. And I've never heard of the city of Madripoor. I mean, I like comic books. I read comic books, but I don't, I don't read all of them. And <laughs> I was like, okay, what, where, what is this city? Is this made up? Where is it? So, theoretically, it is a made-up place. This was introduced by Chris Claremont, uh, he created this island, and it's mainly. And when you mention Chris Claremont, you think of X Men, you think of the New Mutants, you think of Wolverine. Right. So classic. This city, this place, is somewhere between uh, what Malaysia and Singapore. So it's kind of how you get that name, the combination there. It's an island, and it's got the dirtiest pirates, the filthiest, you know, mercenaries, everything like that in this city. And you kind of get that painted picture once you get there. I mean, you know, they have to take this whole new alias of, about their names and everything to kind of get in there to see the power broker. Right. It's kind of cool scene. You see Zemo, and and like I said, he's just got this charm, this wit about him. <laughs> he's got this swagger on him that only Zemo could have. Well, <laughs> like whenever Disney released uh, the Zemo cut, <laughs> it's just an hour of him dancing. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I, I have to mention that. I mean, if anybody's seen the meme about Zemo dancing on Facebook or whatever, it's just, you know, he's in the club trying to stay out of trouble. This guy's been in prison for how long? And he's just going, you know, party boy in the back. <laughs> <laughs> on top of that, I think, and I don't know if this is 100%, but I think with that scene, they were kind of trying to pay, you know, homage to Black Panther scene whenever they went into like a little club type of deal. I could, I mean, oh, yeah? I could be wrong, but, you know. Three rolled up in there. One was dressed very professionally, trying to play somebody that he wasn't. Which again, that 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 is in a lot of movies, but I feel like it could have been a hint towards you know Black Panther, maybe given the undertone and like the take of the show itself. Well, yeah, I can see that. Which you know, there's a lot of there could be a lot of Black Panther references because of the Wakanda. You know, oh yes, Wakandians are are in here. They have what the Ao or whatever one of the female characters. For the Dora Milaje, which are oh the female soldiers of the of the Wakandians, and you know they kind of run into trouble. Uh, they they run into trouble with Power Broker. They they get help from Sharon Carter, who's not been seen since what Civil War. Yeah, yeah Civil yeah. War. Movie. 
So she's behind the scenes. And, you know, she, Sharon Carter, she's an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. and stuff like that. So they reintroduced her. They're actually, I heard that they were wanting to put her more into the Avengers movies, especially like Endgame and stuff like that. But they just, they couldn't fit it all in. So they reintroduced Sharon Carter in this moment. And she helps them out. Sam's begging her, said, hey, won't you come back to the States? Won't you do this? I'll clear your name. You'll be fine. We'll, we'll get you back with this, with the government, CIA, whatever, anything like that. But I think you also get – this is where you get Ayo or Ayo from the Wakanda. She appears, and she is she wants Zemo. She wants Zemo dead or at least captive and was very disappointed that uh, Winter Soldier, Bucky, or the White Wolf, you know, that's what he's <laughs> referred to as uh, in Wakanda, you know, basically said, uh, uh, you have so many hours to work with him or give him up. We will come after him. So right. you just broke this guy out of prison and you're trying to keep close tabs on him. And then the Wakandians are like, we know we're going to get him. <laughs> so, oh, no. Like, can we can we just break down that scene real quick, though? Like, go at the it. end of the time, whenever they go for him. Like, so Zemo in the hotel is just talking about how the serum you know, can do things to people and people take it for supremacist reasons, you know, just like talking about how they want to overpower certain people and stuff. And then John walks in, or I think he was talking about it to John, which makes sense uh, given the text of the show. And then if you notice during that scene, right after Zemo was talking about supremacy and stuff, the only people he fought in that scene was African-Americans. John, John was the only person that fought African-Americans during that scene, which is <laughs> crazy detail. Crazy detail. That's pretty good, man. I mean, whenever you bring those characters in, they fight like crazy. And you know what? This is where he escaped? Yeah, this is where he escaped. Yeah, this is where he escaped. I mean, he almost got speared and chucked, and then you had more fight with, with John Walker. <laughs> well, that was, that was, oh, that was so great. Watching him get his butt kicked by those women <laughs> with, with those spears, you know, that was probably my, one of my favorite moments of the series. Oh, I'm dude. Because like, I don't like the guy. I'm thinking, you know. And that, Sam and Bucky were just like, hey, man, you don't want to watch. You don't want to mess with them. <laughs> dude, stand down. <laughs> and that I love, did not happen. I love how uh, he was like, they're not even super soldiers. Like, it just, it broke them. <laughs> it absolutely broke them. Yeah, that was great, man. Oh, like well, said, we, I, we skipped some steps. There's a lot in this we, episode. <laughs> So we missed a few steps on the episode with the power broken. Yeah. So during that, we figure out there was a dude testing it, you know, like that vanished during the whole snap. That was like making his own serum and stuff. Yeah. He come back from the blip. Yeah. Whenever he blipped. Okay. This is the main, main part here that he is making this super soldier serum and he's in this, you know, a whole shipping yard of crates and everything like that. Uh, Baron Zemo, you know, Bucky and, and Sam, they all go and find this guy. I mean, I, I like the idea of them just being like, oh, well, just in case you guys didn't know, we've been continuously doing this. Like, this hasn't been something that was just a one, you know, one time thing. Like, it's been low key this entire time in the universe. Well, yeah, that makes sense. And it makes sense with the blip. They go back with that from the Avengers Endgame. And it makes sense that this guy, you know, he had all this stuff uh, and he, he slowly vanished and he come back and boom. Now he's getting all this money funneled to him to continue his research or continue the super soldier serum. And I thought this was a cool scene because I didn't think that 
I honestly thought that Baron Zemo was going to take a bunch of it and run off. And as soon as he found the guy, he kind of found a gun stashed in that crate. And Bucky and Sam were, you know, really talking him down and trying to interrogate him as to why and how he was able to do all of this. And Baron Zemo grabs a gun. He's like, he just shoots him point blank. And he's trying to, he destroys all the super soldier serums. I'm thinking, what the heck are you doing? I mean, like, really? Is this, yeah, you know, bad guy turned good? What? What's the point? Yeah, no, that, that blew my mind whenever I seen him stepping on them, dude. I was like, Zemo, what are you, like, this is character development, I guess. Like, I think I think it is showing that he he wants to do better, you know. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot that's going to be leading up with Baron Zemo and with these super soldiers. Oh, and there is. You, I don't know if you've heard of the Thunderbolts or not, but I'm yes. really thinking <laughs> that's where they're going to get to. So who's who's involved with the Thunderbolts that is connected to Falcon and Winter Soldier? I, I don't think anybody really. I don't think that Carly. She could be, you know, uh, eventually or something, but I don't, I don't think that we know for sure just yet because everybody else is kind of like behind the scene characters or just secondary characters that are there with the flag smashers. But I don't, th- I didn't, I didn't think I, I saw anybody that, that stood out. I'm thinking right. they're going to get there eventually. You know, you're either going to have uh, the Masters of Evil or you're going to have the Thunderbolts. Either one. So you know, I think. They even changed the Masters of Evil, eventually turned into the Thunderbolts and the comic series and stuff like that. But I think that's where they're going to go eventually. Well, whenever, like, talking about characters that really, in the show, we haven't, you know, really seen anybody that could connect anything. Um, uh, what's his, uh, Elijah's grandson. Okay. Which yeah. I'm pretty sure in the comics he has the serum from, like, you know, genetic-wise. Like, he has the strength. From what I've heard, I haven't got to look it up yet, but I'm thinking that they're going to put him into a Young Avengers movie because it, like, if you look at it now, from where we're at, we have Hawkeye's kid, maybe yeah. Ant-Man's kid. You know, we have Harley mm-hmm. from Iron Man 3. We have maybe Wanda's two kids, whatever's going on in that series. It's true. It's true. And honestly, that book, the Young Avengers book, I had it. Okay. I've been looking for it. I've been looking for it. <laughs> it has sold on eBay for, you know, a good penny. And I was like, man, I had this book. Where is it? And, you know, uh, I we didn't, I didn't continue the whole series or anything, but the start of it was great. I thought, man, this is cool. It's a cool concept. You know, you, you had a young Avengers, basically. And I can see that where you're coming from, that that guy can definitely be in there. So, and they might go that route. I kind of got that thought whenever I saw the WandaVision and, they had the two kids, Tommy and Billy, and you know one of them is in the show, or one of them is in the Young Avengers, Wiccan. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe. Yeah, but um, so Zemo crushes all the serum, at least the ones that he thought, and then next thing you know, you see his shield just smack him in the temple. He should have died. He should have died. Like how did he? <laughs> how did he survive that? Yeah. Uh, but then you know he's passed out, and you see John pick up the last bottle, the last remaining bottle. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty good. The, the getaway scene and everything like that, they they got away uh, during that one. And like I said, he was trying to clear Sharon Carter's name, Sam was, and was trying to get her to come back. And she's like, no, go, go, go. And then you know why. We figure out why she stays. Yeah. Why she yeah. stays in Madripoor. 
I mean, because she is, she's the power broker. We find yeah. out later in the, you know, a few more, like the next episode, that she's the power broker. And yeah. I wonder, I mean, she's got her hands dirty and tied, you know, in Madripoor. She's ruling the whole place. She's like the most corrupt, dangerous city out there. Well, you see, that, that's the thing. My friend that I was talking to, he was like, it's not really a surprise. And I was like, it surprised me. I was like, I did not expect her to be uh, the power broker. But then he was like, you know, they fully introduce her in, you know, the episode called The Power Broker. And then you see her talking about struggling, even though she's in this elegant, you know, little hiding place that she has. And she claims that she's hiding, but she goes out in public looking exactly like herself, you know, going in limos around the area. Having yeah. these guys pop out and shoot people, like it's it makes so much sense after you rewatch it. It's like, okay, yeah, yeah I, 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 I couldn't trust her really. You know, I I, I just couldn't. You know, because like, where you been? <laughs> what you been doing? <laughs> That's probably the reason why. This will conclude our first part of the Falcon and Winter Soldier comments and reviews today. We talked about episode one, two, and three with Taylor Davis. Stay tuned for another episode coming up about episodes four, five, and six, which includes the season finale of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Guys, I hope you've enjoyed our thoughts or comments about the show. Always, you can follow us at Easy One Comics and More on Facebook. Give us a like. Give us a share. Stay tuned for more. <laughs>